This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, everybody. Welcome into another edition of the Pipeline Podcast. Tim McMaster here along with MLB Pipeline's Jonathan Mayo and Jim Callis. Uh, The big thing we're going to cover this week on the podcast is the All-Stars game from the Arizona Fall League. That was last Saturday night. Jim Callis was on the call, witnessed the whole game. Uh, So we'll get into some of the players that really performed well. We'll also talk about Matt Blood a little later in the podcast. 18U director for USA Baseball is moving on to the Texas Rangers. So we'll talk about that as well. But we're going to start our AFL Fall Stars discussion with a guest, Austin Listy, who is one of the stars of the game, joining us on the podcast. Austin, first of all, thank you for taking some time with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Austin, home run, four RBIs in the Fall Stars game. Just talk about the atmosphere there when you're not just in the AFL, which is kind of the best of the best as far as prospects go, but it's kind of whittled down to a a real star-studded lineup and to perform the way you did. How did that feel? You know, it was uh, was unreal to say the least. That atmosphere was you know, second to none. Probably, probably one of the best atmospheres I've been in. Um, and, you know, to be in such a great competition with, you know, the best talent in the minor leagues, it was, you know, it's truly a blessing. And, you know, God continues to bless me, and I don't deserve it, but I thank him for it. Austin, uh, Jim Callis here. I, I was doing the game, and you kind of electrified the park when you took Demarcus Evans deep, and uh, you were you were kind of on course to be MVP there until they, you had the, the the shocking rally kind of in the bottom of the ninth. But can you just talk a little bit about uh, you know a the home run off Demarcus Evans, who who was the hardest reliever in the minors this year to make contact against all season, and uh, was that the first time you'd ever played in, on a national television broadcast? Uh, well. I played on TV in college, uh, you know, at Dallas Baptist. We played on, you know, TV a handful of times. Uh, and I think that's about it. But this was probably the biggest game on TV I've played. Uh-huh. And as far as the home run, you know, Evans has a, you know, he's got elite stuff. He's got elite fastball. And I, honestly, I wasn't really getting to it. I was chasing it up. Uh, so I just told myself, you know what, see the ball down, quit chasing the fastball up, and you'll be all right. And sure enough, he threw me a slider kind of down in the zone, and I put a good swing on it. Austin, this is uh, Jonathan Mayo. Obviously, the 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 fall the fall stars game is the best uh, of the best of the best that's already in the fall league. What has your overall experience been like uh, playing in the fall league after uh, you know what was a, a a really tremendous and for many people surprising first full season of of, of pro ball where you made it to Double A and you, the the organization gave you uh, their their Player of the Year award. Yeah, it's been a it's been a crazy year to say the least. It's been it's been a lot of fun, uh, a lot of new experiences, and you know, experience this this uh, this first full season and this grind. It's been different. It's been, and honestly, it's been you know some of the best times of my life. So being out here in the fall league is just another just another blessing, and it's been 
and saw a lot of great dudes out here. Our team is fun to be with. A lot of great guys and guys I played with played against during the year too. So it's kind of, you know, we we semi kind of already knew each other coming in and then playing against guys on other teams that are, you know, household names so to speak. And it's been, you know, it's just been, like I said, it's a blessing. It's been so much fun and the, the competition's been great. So it's just anytime you can play play against the best, it's fun. Jonathan mentioned that you won the Paul Owens Award. That's the best season by a position player in the Phillies organization. You kind of played all over the place, Austin, as well. First, third, a couple of the out, both outfield corners. Um, do mm-hmm. you feel like you have a defensive home, or are you still trying to figure out in your own mind what spot you like best and perform best at? Uh, well, to be honest, I'm not trying to figure it out. I think the Phillies <laughs> are trying to figure it out. Uh, it doesn't matter to me. As long as I'm in the lineup, as long as I'm hitting, I don't really care where I play. Uh, you know, as long as I'm helping the team in some way, if that's at first or third or left or right, it doesn't matter. You know, as long as I'm doing something to be productive and and help the team win ball games, then it doesn't matter. I'm comfortable in all those positions. Uh, you know, so I'm happy if I'm hidden. That's the way I put it to people who ask me about all the different positions. And, uh, you know, honestly, it, it's fun to show up to the park and not know what position you're playing that day. It keeps me on my toes, kind of keeps me locked in and, and excited to go to the park every day and wonder where I'm going to be playing. You know, so it's kind of it's a thrill to me. So I I really enjoy it. So obviously, you 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 played with Derek at at Dallas Baptist. Uh, you've got, managed to get drafted by the same organization and kind of moved moved up the ladder somewhat together. H- how much uh, comfort? You know, how much how much easier is it that uh, you have someone that you're that close with, not just as a teammate, as a friend who like knows exactly what you're going through. You know that is uh, that is something that a lot of people don't get to experience, and the fact that him and I get to go through it together is you know special. You know we obviously, like you said, we played in college together. We're very we're very good friends. We have similar interests off the field. You know we're both outdoors and we love to hunt. We love to fish. Uh, we're family oriented. We love to you know hang out with the guys and you know have a good time outside. So. The fact that we get to play baseball together, which is also our passion, and then we've lived together, so it just makes everything a better experience. It makes it more fun that we get to go through it together as great friends. And then on the baseball side of it, I know his swing really well. He knows my swing really well. You know, we know each other's game, so we're there to help each other when we see something or, you know, to encourage each other if we're going through something like, you know, a downtime or something, but... So it's just it's just awesome to go through this with someone you're so close with and you know their game so well, and then also you have some interest off the field. It's just you know it's another blessing. So it's made it's made for me since he was drafted a year before me. It, it's made it easier for me because every time I've gone to a team, he was there already. You know, so it made that transition smoother for me to get you know acclimated with the with the guys and with the the way the the system's working at that level or what, you know, so it's just, it's made a lot smoother for me, you know, so it's been, it's been great. Awesome. And it's been a whirlwind of a season for you as well, Austin. So, um, great stuff. And, um, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Good stuff there from Austin Listy. It's been uh, quite a wild ride. He's a little older guy than most prospects. He just turned 25 years old, but a great first season. And you would think because of his age and that he was drafted later, Jonathan, the Phillies would 
I would think want to keep him moving as quickly as possible as, as long as he's performing as he moves up the ladder. Right. Uh, I think that last part is the most important part. Uh, just because he's older, uh, you know, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to move quickly. I mean, he's a 17th rounder, you know, a senior signed who took a year off, uh, which is the, explains why, uh, why, you know, he's older, but you know, he's, he's married. He has a child. He, he's not your average run of the mill player. And, uh, you know, he, he did play his way to start the year in the Florida State League, and that went exceedingly well, and, and he earned the bump up to, to Redding, where it's always a good place to hit, but he actually hit better in Clearwater than he did in Redding. He's got a really advanced approach at the plate. He draws a ton of walks. There's some power there. I mean, he's kind of interesting, uh, and, and interesting while also knowing that he is – uh, likely, you know, his ticket to the to being a big leaguer, which is probably not something he necessarily thought was going to going to happen, is going to be as that super utility guy. Um, it's been interesting that in the fall league he's only been playing the outfield, um, and I don't know if they see him more as a as a fourth or fifth outfielder, or that's the part of his defensive game that that needs the most work. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, with him. Um, and his teammate Derek Hall, you know that his other Dallas Baptist friend and teammate who who made it up to 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 Double A and has surprised a lot of people as well. Jim, you mentioned the big moment in the game, the three uh, run homer that he hit, and really of all the home runs hit in that Fall Stars game, I feel like his was the most impressive. He turning on it, and now Peter Alonso took a over a hundred mile per hour fastball. People, we'll get into that. But Listy, as far as distance go and some flying power really took it deep and, and far off the mark of heaven. Well, I will disagree with you because I thought Peter okay. Alonso's was the most impressive to go slightly oppo on a 103-mile-an-hour fastball. Well, we oh, are going to impressive. That as well. Yeah. But that said, Listy's uh, – uh, how about most dramatic? I'll give you most okay. dramatic on Austin Listy's. And, you know, he, you know, it was interesting hearing him talk about the home run that, you know, DeMarcus was making him look bad with the fastball and then kind of threw up a, a, a flat breaking ball that he just – crushed uh and and he was i i could tell you from having done the broadcast we were all prepared to interview austin after the game to uh as the mvp and that would have been quite something because he might have been you know former 17th round pick as a senior probably the, about as anonymous a, a position prospect as was in the game but then the uh the west ruined it with a rally in the bottom of the ninth and, and then buddy reed wound up as the mvp all right, I will ask you about Alonzo then. I'll let you follow up on that because I think it was 103 miles per hour, the one that was uh, taken deep, which at the major league level, I think the record is 102.8 when Rafael Devers uh, went yep. deep last year against the Yankees. So so really, as far as stat cast goes, that's the fastest pitch that's been turned around for a home run. That's pretty impressive for Peter Alonzo, who continues to impress. Yeah, well, we know Peter's got power. I mean, he led the minors in homer, and, I mean, he's up there with the best power prospects in the game. And, and, and just to, to give credit where credit is due, our own Will Bohr uh, was not operating StatCast, but he was talking to the TrackMan guy because StatCast was not at the game. So he was getting all the fastball readings and exit velocities. And the exit velocity was apparently 110 miles an hour, Hit about 405 feet, went the other way with it a little bit. Um, you know, then a couple, the next at bat, he was I think trying to hit the ball even harder and farther and struck out, but then he drew a couple walks and looked pretty good. But no, it was it was quite impressive. I mean, there was a buzz 
Pearson, I think he hit 104 on the scoreboard at least once, and was I don't think he threw a pitch under 100, and I don't even know if he threw a pitch under 101. I mean, it was a lot of 102, 103, and and everybody was kind of you know taken aback at how hard he was throwing. You know, look in these all-star type games, you can you can air it out in short stints, and I, I guess he was just working one inning and he knew it. But uh, to homer off 103. That that was quite fun to watch. Maybe not for Nate Pearson, but for, for the rest of us, and especially Peter Alonzo, it was quite fun to watch. And other than that, Nate Pearson was great uh, the rest of the day. As far as Alonzo goes, Jonathan, one more question on him. Uh, Brody Van Wagen is the new general manager of the New York Mets. He's already gone out to Arizona and had dinner with Peter Alonzo. It feels like uh, City Field isn't too far away. I think that... Jim or I could be the general manager of the New York Mets, uh, and and he wouldn't be far away. Um, <laughs> but uh, actually, I think Jim would be an excellent candidate. But that's a conversation for another podcast. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, everyone's clamoring for him to be called up this year, given the year that he had, and you know, there, there wasn't a, a need for him. They weren't competing, and uh, financially, it made sense. Uh, whether or not they pulled the trigger on opening day. Uh, if they feel that he is the best person uh, at first and they're competing, uh, we'll see. You know, he, he could spend start the year in AAA and, and get called up, you know, once you get past that Super 2 status uh, time frame. Uh, whatever it is, I, I think it, it's clear to everyone that his his power and his overall ability to make adjustments uh, are, are legitimate. I think the second part of that is has been surprising since he, he entered pro ball, and there's a reason why he's been more successful than maybe uh, some of us anticipated when he, when he first uh, got drafted by the Mets. But uh, I think it's going to play, and and uh, and I think you know the defensive play at first, which has always been a question, is going to be is going to be acceptable enough for for what he's going to be able to do offensively. So, Jim, uh, the home runs big and Listy and Alonzo obviously grabbing headlines with, with those performances. How about on the pitching side of things, who really stood out to you on Saturday night? Well, I mean, the, the guy who stood out the most, this will shock both of you, was Forrest Whitley, who's the best pitching prospect in baseball, and once again looked like it. I mean, he the first batter he faced, he blew up Lucius Fox's bat with a 98-mile-an-hour fastball just – destroyed it. He, he blew away Kevin Biggio on a 97-mile-an-hour fastball. His, and this was true in the, in the start where I saw him pitch. I, I saw one of his AFL starts. or No, I guess I've seen two of them. But his changeup has been a little bit ahead of his breaking stuff. And he only threw one changeup during the game because, again, it's a kind of an all-star deal and you aren't trying to showcase your changeup. But he threw an absolutely filthy changeup to Christian Pache in the second inning. And I thought it was a 70 changeup. And Dan O'Dowd said when we were interviewing Forrest during the game, and Dan O'Dowd, who, who usually is tougher than me, Dan O'Dowd said, well, he put an 80 on it. I mean, it, it was just a ridiculous changeup that had Pache way out in front and had all kinds of life on it. So he was the most impressive. But, like, the guy who, who kind of from the Austin Listy standpoint of a guy I did not know much about, and I don't think he necessarily does this every time out, but Brett Honowich of the Angels, who's a ninth-round pick out of Stanford, who my reports were, you know, live arm, but doesn't keep his delivery in sync. He came in, struck out the side in the eighth inning, 15 pitches, and he topped out 100 miles an hour and was up to 87 with his slider. So he was kind of the most eye-opening pitcher for me in that game. 
Jonathan, uh, a couple of guys that I think on this podcast uh, a little while back when we were talking about the AFL and guys who had surprised a little bit early on, Melvin Adon of the Giants, our wins and Hernandez of the Red Sox. Uh, both those guys kind of starring in the fall stars game as well. Adon striking out uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. after giving up a couple of hits and, and Hernandez up in the upper 90s as well. Uh, it wasn't just early in, in the fall league for those two guys. They continue to get it done. Um, how impressed have you been overall with what those guys have done this fall? Uh, I mean, it's been really, uh, really, really impressive. And I think what stands out is their ability to, to command the baseball. Uh, you know, velocity is one thing. Um, but uh, Adon has two walks in nine and two-thirds innings with his 19 strikeouts. Hernandez is, you know, he's got five walks and nine innings, but with 18 strikeouts and nine innings, they've been impossible to hit. Uh, Hernandez was so impressive early, and, and, and they've kept it going. Sometimes guys like that will come out out of the gate, and you know, hitters aren't quite ready to go. I saw, you know, I saw Hernandez uh, the, the first week of the fall league, and he was unbelievably good, but then hitters get going, and sometimes you'll, you'll see those pitchers' numbers falter as the fall league goes on, and they just continued uh, to to be really impressive uh, pitching wise uh, and, and sort of part of a of a group of, of guys in this league who just throw ridiculously hard. There's a lot of triple digits in that fall stars game. Um, I don't know, you know, those games always have premium velocity. It's you know one inning and done, if, if not less. But I, I feel like this year's fall league crop has a a a, a wider uh, assortment of the, the sort of 70 to 80 quality fastballs that are at or close to triple digits on the radar gun. Buddy Reed actually was the MVP of the game, Jim. We didn't really talk about him. Mabris Valoria came through with the game winning hit. So those were the two late game heroes as well. What did you see from those two guys? Well, it's interesting. Poor, poor Buddy Reed like had a, a tough night before that last at bat. First at bat, he has to face Trent Thorne, who's got like four different pitches and a terrific uh, deception in his delivery. Then his next at bat, he has to face Darwin's and Hernandez, which was probably the most overmatched at bat of the night, where it was 98 miles an hour fastball, 98 miles an hour fastball, 82 mile an hour backdoor slider for a, a, a bad looking swing strike three. But then when they needed it, he came up uh, two outs and he hit a ball that that you know Luis Barrero of the Athletics probably should have made the play. I mean, it wasn't an error; it was a difficult play. You know, Christian Pache probably makes that play as the best defensive outfit in the minor leagues, but it goes for a triple off the wall uh, to tie the game, and then Valoria singles him in to win it. And then, and as you can imagine, Buddy was great in the post post game interview. You know, he's a, been on the podcast before. He's an 80 interview. He was very excited. So that was kind of a, a cool moment uh, for him. And then, you know, Valoria was a guy who entered the game late, and he also looked bad in his first at-bat against Trent Thornton. He actually singled off a 98-mile-an-hour fastball from, from Darwinson Hernandez. And then, you know, Justin Lawrence, and the, who, who both Buddy Reed got the triple off of and Valoria got the game-winning hit off of, he's nasty. He's like 96-98 from a, a down-low angle. Very tough to, to, to pick up, you know, especially if you're a right-handed hitter. Um, and Valoria, you know, got the game-winning hit. And he also had, you know, threw out two guys base stealing. And also, if anybody sees the video, Valoria had a, a big league caliber uh, bat flip when he got the game-winning hit. It was awesome. 
I love a bachelor, especially in that environment and like the, the fall stars game to, to win it and, and have the bat flip like that. All right. Uh, moving on from that to the one other topic I wanted to cover guys. And that is uh, Matt blood, a guy we all know, but Jim goes back the furthest, I think with, with Matt blood and how long they've known each other. Um, but he's been running the U18 national program at USA baseball that just wins gold medal after gold medal after gold medal. Uh, and he is going to take that team through this year's tournaments. Uh, but then he's moving on to be the Texas Rangers farm director. Uh, it's an interesting move. Obviously, Jim, he, he has a past in that world as well, scouting and that sort of thing. Um, but were you surprised at all, I guess, first up, when you heard the news that Matt Blood was making that jump from USA Baseball to the Texas Rangers? That news, I, I want to say, came out the day of the Fall Stars game, I, I, if I remember correctly. I, I think maybe I even saw the release during the game or right before the game started. I, I, I'm not sure. I mean, I was surprised in that I had no inkling it was coming. I'm not surprised because Matt is, I mean, for farm director, I mean, you've got to be able to do a number of different things. I mean, that's, that's, that's a difficult job. You have to you'd be able to organize and kind of stay on top of, you know, a couple hundred players in your farm system and where they're going and what they're doing and their development goals. And you have to be able to relate to those guys. And you also would hope, you know, it's not necessarily the case with every farm director, but you have some gift for evaluating players uh, and being able to recommend, uh, you know, what that development path should be. And, but, you know, Matt is tremendously qualified for this because, as you pointed out, I mean, the organizational skills to, to, to run the under-18 team and run it as successfully as Matt has, I mean, they, that team has been probably as good as it ever has been under Matt's guidance. And I think Matt would tell you it's the players, but Matt is the guy diligently finding the players. And it's not just, hey, we're rolling a bunch of balls and bats out to all-stars. I mean, they're trying to put a team together. But, I mean, Matt, you know, went from, I think before he worked for us at Baseball America, he bird-dogged for the Giants a little bit. And then he was a Cardinals scout for a while. So he's got extensive experience on that, you know, in the pro game as being a scout, you know, going out and finding talent, you know, at the grassroots levels, high school, college, junior college. And Matt was a good scout as well. Um, and I would not be surprised, and again, I'm not just saying this because I know Matt and I consider him a friend. I mean, I could see Matt being a GM one day. I mean, he's got a very well-rounded uh, variety of baseball experiences, and he's still pretty young. I mean, I think Matt's I'm going to guess about 32, I think, 32, 33, um, so he could continue to grow. But uh, I, I, when I saw the news, I was I, my first reaction immediately was I was very happy for Matt. And then my second reaction was that's a great hire because I, I just don't know, like, too many people who, who begin that job with, with the, the background that Matt has in a variety of roles in baseball. Every time I interacted with him, USA Baseball, I wonder, like, I wonder how long he's going to stay here. Not that what he was, you know, inconsequential and, and his work for USA Baseball stands for itself, given success, but I, I just always felt that his mind worked, like Jim said, as should be in a major league front office and, and, and easily, actually, could probably be whatever he wants to uh, in baseball. I could see him being a gentleman. I agree with that. Um, I, you know, if I were to have guessed what he would have uh, jumped into, maybe I would have thought, you know, a 
a scouting gig, maybe even a scouting director gig, or even a, an assistant GM gig if it was the right fit. Uh, but th- this works really, really well because it is, I agree, the combination of uh, helping players get better, which he's done you know, with, the, with all the 18U events and the team itself, and then evaluating talent still comes into play. And uh, You mentioned his age. It's funny, like these days, it's almost uh, he better hurry up if he wants to be a GM, otherwise he's going to be considered too old. <laughs> uh, the other side of this is, of course, the USA Baseball side. And, Jim, you mentioned when he's been there, since he's been there, it's not just grabbing a bunch of all-star players. He actually does look into the character and building a team and, and getting a clubhouse that, that comes together. And these guys always end up having incredible experiences and winning the gold medal on top of that. So, Jonathan, um, USA Baseball has some pretty big shoes to fill now. They do. Uh, they, they do. I mean, they have a framework in place uh, uh, that he'll leave behind. And obviously it's not like he's – uh, going to be unreachable. I'm sure he will be a a, a, uh, a good contact and resource for who, whoever steps in uh, to to try to fill those shoes. And uh, you know they'll have to try to find someone who has his combination uh, of eye for talent and 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 passion for the mission of USA Baseball. And I think that was kind of what uh, you know really helped Matt uh, stand out and. Uh, will help him with the Rangers as well, but uh, especially for USA Baseball, he, he cared so much about uh, what they were were doing on, on all aspects of it. Uh, that uh, finding finding someone with all those uh, comparable skills is going to be a, a tall order indeed. All right, and we will see how that goes with the Rangers, obviously, and USA Baseball. Um, plenty of talent coming up through the ranks for sure, and I'm sure they will be just fine in the long run. For Jim Callis and Jonathan Mayo. That's going to do it for this edition of the Pipeline Podcast. I'm Tim McMaster. Thanks for joining.